0: This is...
1: One day you might be one heart condition and another day you might be another. You might have seasons where you can say, I've been in this heart condition for a while, but the ecosystem, so to speak, of your heart changes very rapidly. And you have to ask yourself today, what is my heart condition presently? What has my heart condition been over the last season of life? And what would God have for me?
0: Today, Pastor Daniel, we'll be exploring the different ways in which you can apply the Word of God to your life. He'll share a parable that demonstrates the kinds of heart soil the seed of biblical truth tends to land in, and how each one elicits a different response. He'll also remind you that you don't have to stay at the same heart soil you may be in right now. God can work wonders in your life each day and can speak to you softly through His Word. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 13 with part one of his message, The Playing Field.
1: There's nothing worse than trying to win at anything if you don't know the ground rules. Isn't it true? Like there's this playing field that life happens on. And if you don't know what the rules of the game are, if you don't know what the playing field is all about, it's absolutely impossible to actually accomplish it. That's why like as a church family, we love when couples are getting married, we always say, look, you need to go to premarital counseling. The reason is, is because before you're married, you actually have no clue what the playing field is. But isn't it true when you fall in love, it's like, man, our love's gonna conquer all. That's what everyone says. In a way, it does, but the reality is, is there's all sorts of things about being married that you don't know until you get married. Or, of course, same thing is true with raising kids, isn't it? I remember when Lynn and I had our first child. I mean, actually, Lynn did. I just got to be there. They wouldn't let us leave the house until we took a class on parenting a newborn. So it was like, how do you change a diaper, and how do you feed them? And I remember being like okay, I don't really quite get why they're doing this. But then it dawned on me later, like imagine if they sent people out and people didn't know how to do this. I mean, how's that child gonna do? You need to know the most basic things. And so getting a sense of the playing field is important. Now, what's funny is I wish they actually gave us the playing field for how to raise daughters. And I say that because I have two daughters and it's an amazing thing. Like I have no clue how to do this. Every morning I gotta win my daughters over again almost every morning. Like literally this morning, Annabelle, I saw her. It's like she didn't even know who I was. She ignored me. I'm like, how? The, I'm like, I'm your dad. Like, I saw you in the middle of the night when you woke up. I gave you a hug and I tucked you back in. And she was just like, hmm. so I don't really know what to do with that. So if you have if you have the playbook for how to get through a four year old little girl, let me know. I've been through this once, but this is a new endeavor. Now, the reason I bring this up is because we've been doing this series that we're calling Deeper, which in a lot of ways, what we've been doing is we've been exploring who are we as a church family and why are we what we are. And we keep saying it along the way, and I wanted to make sure I said it right up top, is that what we're doing here as a church family, we believe it's what God has given us to do. It doesn't mean that we're the best or we're the only ones. We just know who we are and we like it. We know what God's called us to, and we're trying to get at that with the best that we know how to. And so we're a big fan of the body of Christ as a whole, the universal people of God, which we see ourselves as a part of. But we like being the part of the body that God has given us to be. And I say that because I think for all of us, one of the biggest issues we have in life is not being comfortable with who God has made us to be, what God has asked us to be. We live in such a comparison, competitive kind of a culture where it's almost like what I am is never good enough. And I just don't believe that. I believe that as a church family, we are called to do very unique and specific things and we want to do those things. And that doesn't mean that we're the only one or the best one, we just know who we are. We like getting at what God's given us. Now, we talked about our driver in ministry is what we like to call Dr. Mister. These four realities of being devotional, relational, missional, and reproducible. Now, if you missed all that, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you can go back in the archives and listen to it. I spent lots of time exploring what these things are and how they work. So, But today I want to give you the playing field. I want to explain to you what I believe is the most basic realities of life and who we are as a church. And I'm doing that, and the way I packaged it was in with kind of a countdown, four, three, two, one. And the reason I did it that way is because as we're closing this deeper series and as we're now pushing on into this new year, With understanding who we are, it's kind of like a countdown. So in order to break this open, I want you to open up in your Bibles to Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be taking, really, verses 1 to 23, but we're going to be skipping a section in the middle, and you'll see why when we do it. So, Matthew's the very first book of the New Testament, the first of the four Gospels or telling of the Jesus story. Now, it says this in Matthew chapter 13, picking up in verse 1, it says, On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and he sat. The whole multitude stood on the shore. And then he spoke many things to them in parables saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no room, they withered away. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I want everyone to move down with their eyes to verse 18 of Matthew chapter 13. It says, therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns, it's he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground, it's he who hears the word And understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, if I'm gonna give you the playing field on which life happens in the midst that crossroads happens, we have to start right away with a person's heart. So, right here in this parable of the sower, there are four heart conditions. There are four heart conditions. Now, the reason I think this is so important is because it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that we need to keep our hearts with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And so your playing field for your life in this world is the condition of your own heart. And we find that there's these four conditions that are described here in this parable. Now, what's interesting about this, and I'm going to give you the four heart conditions, because they're important and all of us battle with it. But oftentimes when we hear about this, we think I'm one of these four heart conditions. But what I would tell you is that at any given point in your life, you could be any one of these four heart conditions. And depending on how you're guarding and keeping your own heart, one day you might be one heart condition and another day you might be another. You might have seasons where you can say, I've been in this heart condition for a while, but the ecosystem, so to speak, of your heart changes very rapidly. And you have to ask yourself today, what is my heart condition presently? What has my heart condition been over the last season of life? And what would God have for me? Does that make sense? So we're all going to find ourselves in these four heart conditions. Now, what's important is that this parable of the seed and the sower, we learn in verse 19, that if anyone hears the word of the kingdom, so the seed is the word of God, right? It's God's word. And we find that also, the same parables told in Mark's gospel and in Luke's gospel. So the three synoptic gospels all have the same parable, right? So it's the seed is the word and the heart has these different conditions to which the word can interact. So This presupposes that somebody is hearing the word of God. Now, I think what's important about this is that you have to realize that some 2000 years ago when Jesus spoke, he was living in what we would call Israel. And even though Israel was under the authority of Rome, they were still allowed to worship God as they understood. So the culture that Jesus spoke into was a word saturated culture. They would go to the temple. That was the center of their lives. They would go to the synagogue, which was the center of their social interactions within their community. So they were always under the word of God. But we don't live in a day and age that is word-saturated. So really, the only place you're going to get the word is either in church or through the ministry of the church that they make available online. Now there are people in our community, in our world who never hear the word of God. So this parable doesn't actually exist in 21st century American culture unless somebody avails themselves to it. And that's a huge thing. So you choosing to invite people to come and hear the word now puts them in the context of this parable. But you can make it through your entire life in 21st century America and not hear the word of God at all at all shocking but in jesus's day they were surrounded by the word of god now to get to the four heart conditions i want you to notice first it says when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart this is he who receives seed by the wayside Now, the idea of the wayside would be a place where the soil has been trampled down by many people walking on it. And so this seed, instead of going into the soil, it sits on the surface. So the first of the four heart conditions is what we can call a hard heart. That through repeated tramplings, the word doesn't get in. It sits on the surface. And because it sits on the surface, the birds of the air can come and take that seed and eat it as their own because the soil is not prepared at all to receive the word. Now, all through the Bible, it says that God wants to replace a hard heart with a heart of flesh. So what you learn is that if you live in this world long enough, enough things go on that your heart gets trampled down. And the problem with a hard heart is that God's word that God wants to place in your heart is not allowed to take any root to grow at all. Are you here today struggling with hardness of heart? What I've learned is that if you've lived any length of time, we have areas in our heart that are hard. Some of our hearts are just super hard. But we've been all been hurt. We live in a broken world. So the problem with the hard heart is that the word of God can't get in at all. It sits not even in the soil. It's on top. And God wants to do a work if that's your heart condition. Now, you'll notice the second one in verse 20. But he who received the seed in stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, verse 21, yet he has no root in himself and endures only for a while for when tribulation or persecution arises, Because of the word, immediately he stumbles. This is what you can call the shallow heart. So this isn't a completely hard heart. This is a heart that has lots of stones within it. And so when the word, it does make it in there, but because it gets in there, because of the presence of all of these rocks, it's not a rootedness. There's a shallowness to how deep the roots can go. And then right as something comes up that is not easy or beautiful or In some cases, something downright demonic, they fall away. See, we see this very commonly within the church. When someone's got something going on in their life and things are in crisis mode and they come to Christ and God does an amazing work, but then they have a stony heart. And so what happens is it never really takes root. And right as someone gives them a heart, I can't believe you go to church or I can't believe you're a believer in Jesus. Or I can't believe you don't want to do those things anymore. Right as that pressure comes in, they fall away. Because it's a hard condition, it's shallow. Because what God is interested in is he's interested in the seed taking root. Right? But the rocks now hinder the ability of the seed to really have its perfect work. Now, is that you today? Where you're not totally hard-hearted, but there's areas that you're like, man, that's, I'm pretty superficial there. It's real shallow. The third type of heart condition, in verse 22, now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulnesses of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. You can call this the worldly heart So what you have here now is you have the heart is prepared and fruit starts growing. But what happens is, is that the worldly cares and the deceitfulness of riches, now there's thorns that grow on up and it chokes the word out so that the word can't really blossom, right? So the condition is a place of worldliness. Not that the cares aren't real or that your finances aren't important, but when they're more important than being fruitful in the things of God, you have a problem. So it's a priority problem. The most important things don't get first place. And because of it, it starts to choke out the word. And then the fourth and final, of course, in verse 23, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and he understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. This is the fruitful heart. This is the heart that is unencumbered by hardness, Right? Or shallowness, or worldliness. And that is a heart that when the word of God gets in, now of a sudden, that seed takes root and fruitfulness happens. And we have this fruitfulness in different degrees, hundredfold, sixtyfold, or thirtyfold. But the idea is what God is really interested in is fruitfulness in our hearts. That when God's word goes in, it can bear fruit. Jesus said, by this my father is glorified that you what? bear much fruit. So for each one of us, I think what's super important is that we learn how to be able to diagnose the condition of our hearts. And listen, your experience of Jesus is your experience because it's filtered through your heart, the control center of your life. And so today you're saying to yourself, my heart condition is not completely fruitful. God knows that, and there's no judgment for that. God just wants you to turn to him and say, Lord, will you break up the hardness in my heart? Or God, will you remove the rocks from my heart so my faith isn't shallow? Or Lord, will you remove the thorniness or the worldliness from my heart that it won't choke out what you want to do? See, what's beautiful about this, and I think what's so challenging for us in our day and age, is that what this means is you have to be honest with yourself. See, our culture loves to blame. And listen, the world is broken. So there's lots of blame to go around. But the Bible always points us back to the only person that you are truly responsible. And who is that? You. You're responsible for you. And we spend so much time feeling responsible for everybody else that we neglect the fact that the condition of your heart is based on your tending to your own heart, not somebody else. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of us have experienced the most horrible things. But what's amazing, sometimes you meet someone who's experienced a horrible thing and they have joy unspeakable despite their circumstances. And other people are super bitter. What's the difference? I mean, I met somebody and they're like, they were born with all these things. All these things had gone on horrible things. And they're like, look, I have two choices. I can either mail in the life that I have or I can live the life that I have. I was like, "Mm, preach it, you know? And that's the thing. It's like your response. So the playing field of your life in Christ is your own heart. Does that make sense? And we have to learn how to diagnose where's my heart right now. Here's the thing. For many people who've been in Christ a long time, because they've been in the church a long time, they think that they're the fruitful heart, but they're not. They just think that. Because it's so much easier to assume. I've been in church for 30 years, so of course my heart's fruitful. No, maybe not. Maybe you're just worldly or shallow. But we have to say, Holy Spirit, will you search my heart? And let me be real about where I am. And maybe the best way to know where your heart is really is to ask the people who are closest to you. Say, I want you to give me the real deal about who I am and where I'm at. And don't get mad at them for the answer. Because we have to make sure God wants our lives to be fruitful. And your life could have been fruitful a while ago and it's not fruitful now. Maybe you're living off the fruitfulness of another season. But God wants us to be forever fruitful. He wants to be doing a fresh work in all of our lives at all times. And listen, you guys know this. I'm not preaching down on anybody. I get the pleasure of letting this stuff dissect and diagnose my heart every day. And it's not pretty in there. That's why I believe in Jesus. That's so I'm grateful for God's grace. So I'm not preaching down. I'm having to deal with my own life and my own condition of my heart. But that is the narrow gate. Jesus is the narrow gate. He leads us on this difficult way that few find, but it leads to life. So the playing field first is the four conditions of your heart. Now, we have three directions for living. Three directions for living. So we've got the four, now we're on the three. Three directions for living. Now, in order to get the three directions for living, Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. So turn a couple pages to the right in your Bibles, Matthew 22. And you guys know this. You're gonna hear this. You're gonna be like, oh, I know this. They asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. And what did Jesus answer? Picking up his answer in verse 37 of Matthew 22, it says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And verse 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Now, what are our three directions for living? Upward, inward, and outward. That's right. It was such so important to me because it was so important to Jesus that I wrote a book on it. And the reason this is the playing field is when they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's living upward, right? And then loving your neighbor, that's living outward as yourself, which is inward. So what's beautiful here is that each one of us are always living in these three directions, upward, inward, and outward. As I wrote the book, Upward, Inward, and Outward, based on the greatest commandment, I really wrote the book for me and for us as a church family. Because literally, the ministry that God has called us to, we're doing it together. And so I started looking at my life, I started looking at the life of Crossroads, and I started thinking about, if this is the most important thing that we really need to focus on it, our upward focus is prayer. Right? We're focusing on prayer. Because prayer satisfies our need for connection. God wants all of us to be people of prayer. He wants your life to be a prayer-drenched life. He wants the people of God as we get together. He wants his house to be called a house of prayer. And so, you grow upward in a way by through your prayer life. Now, inward, we're focusing on fasting. So, fasting satisfies our personal need for self-control.
0: Jesus is... Today, Pastor Daniel shared with you some different heart conditions and how they accept the Word of God in varied ways. He also mentioned that your own heart may change through the years. Life has a way of hardening the heart, but you don't have to let it. Today, you can ask the Holy Spirit to soften your response and open your eyes to exactly what God wants you to know through your continuing study of His Word.
1: Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ.
0: Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share three very important relationships that shape who you are, your relationship upward, inward, and outward through learning to love God upwardly, you'll learn to love yourself as God does and be able to spread that to the world around you. Each will be accompanied by some lifestyle practices that Pastor Daniel believes will help grow you in each area. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Deeper. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.